Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my blog, where it's both my pleasure, my mission to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you a specific takeaway, all that way so your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before I fully dive into everything, uh, a few housekeeping things to kick off things. If you haven't yet subscribed, um, I would encourage you to do so. That way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. The other thing, this is the final week that you can stream a Bogota trip as part of the Los Angeles Liftoff Film Festival. That's right. As part of this festival, uh, you anywhere in the world can stream my my latest feature film, A Bogota Trip. So until October 2nd, so you still have this week and this coming weekend to watch it. And the way to do that is you go to tinyurl.com slash Bogota Trip Movie. It's $12 to view all the movies in the film festival. Uh, so that link will take you automatically to the checkout page. You'll just fill out that info. You'll get an email with the link to watch all the movies. Um, we're number 17 on the list. You click us, you watch. And don't forget, there's a voting component as well. So um, I would greatly appreciate if you took the time to vote, especially after you had seen the movie. It does mean a lot. Um, and if you have seen the movie, uh, you know, thank you. I appreciate it, and hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Secondly, I updated my nonfiction book, Master Mental Fortitude, A Guide to Achieving Your Creative Ambitions. So this is a book that I came out in 2019, and because of the pandemic and just life in general and, you know, things that I learned along the way, I wanted to kind of go back and look at everything in that book and update it based on new information that I learned, new strategies, and so forth. And so that's what I did, right? So it's 35 chapters. Each chapter is a lesson that benefits you. And so some chapters I revised, some chapters I omitted and put in new ones. So it was a complete overhaul in that way of, not, not a page one rewrite necessarily, but really taking the time to make sure that what was there, you know, really stood the test of time and, and, and was polished and clarified and so forth. So each chapter presents the lesson, how it applies to you, and then gives you an exercise to basically apply that lesson to your life. So 35 lessons, um, and yeah, just last week, we finally finished it up. So that's Master Mental Fortitude. You can purchase it through Amazon or uh, just go to mastermentalfortitude.com and um, it'll take you there. So, yeah, lots of lots of exciting stuff. Uh, lastly, you know, my Patreon page, um, I'm continuing to put a lot of time and effort into that. And so if you want to support me financially um, with what I've been doing, that is one of those options. So that's the housekeeping stuff. Let's get to, uh, you know, what this past week has been like. And one thing I want to kind of expand upon that I talked about last time was this idea that, you know, should I make a career change, you know, right now, if I was to, the, the thing that makes sense to me is becoming a film professor. And the reason that makes sense 
for me is because it's a way to connect with young filmmakers to, to inspire them, but also learn from them, right? I think we all need to find ways of, of staying young and, and sort of in the know of stuff. And uh, that to me just seems like a, a fun way to do it, especially and, and connect with people that are like-minded. And I think, you know, just youth in general has this sort of blind optimism that many times the older we get, we sort of dismiss. And I don't really want to lose that. I want to learn from experiences and and sort of build my toolkit of stuff I can pull out in whatever situation. But the idea of limiting myself I don't want that. And I think young filmmakers and young people in general, they, like I said, they have this optimism because the world hasn't beaten them down in essence. And, you know, I think that's something worthwhile to think about for all of us. You know, whenever I interview someone for a job, one of the questions I ask is, you know, how do you keep up with the constantly changing demands of our industry? You know, and I look for, like, what magazines are they reading, online articles, books, podcasts, uh, going to network events, all that stuff, right? And partly it's to see, well, you know, are they keeping up with the industry, number one, because that's the main thing. But also then, as a benefit, it becomes a point of curiosity for me to, to, to hear their answers and be able to benefit from that, right? So... Yeah, I think we all need to maintain, um, you know, not not growing old, essentially, you know, and be open to constantly evolving and and learning new things. And, you know, our education really is the journey of a lifetime in that way. And, you know, um, I was listening to Estelle Frankel talk about this and the difference between belief and faith is that belief is very closed-minded, right? You know what you know, and that's it. Whereas faith, you're open to a lot of new things. And um, not that we have to make this spiritual or religious or whatever, but I just think there's something beautiful to that idea of allowing new ideas to flow into you. Um, and it's, listen, it doesn't mean you have to accept all of them. but being open to that new information and and processing it in a way that is beneficial certainly helps. So um, I would encourage you to uh, consider what those ways for you are. And for me, you know, the the very like in-your-face obvious way is, you know, be a, a film professor eventually, right? So that's why I wanted to share that and follow up on that. Uh, secondly, I also last week introduced that I'm working on a 90-second pitch for a pitch festival done through Emerson College. Now, there's also other pitch festivals throughout that you can participate in. Um, The catalyst for me was just one that my alma mater was doing. And it's been quite the process, you know, as I talked about last time, 90 seconds is not a long time. And so you have to really 
get very specific, make it exciting, but not have it be generic and all that. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm very grateful for is I always reach out to various people and and try to get feedback from them. And a lot of people stepped up and, um, you know, now I got to be at least on like version 10. I mean, it depends how you're going to count all this, but, um, I would say in true revisions, I'm on like revision 10 and, um, you know, one of my friends, Dimitri Panos, um, in particular, he, you know, really took a stab at it and was basically like just created a version of his own off of what I created. And so now I I really like what he did. And, and, um, of course there's a couple things that just, uh, aren't factual, right? Like he had to fill in certain gaps based off of information that he didn't have. So he made up stuff. And so, you know, naturally in that way, I have to revise that, but there's a lot, you know, in general, it gives me a good template. And so, you know, combining that with what I had and, and whatever else. And really when it comes to a lot of this stuff, it's like creating something, then destroying it making something from scratch in this way and, and like literally testing out the different versions like which which is the best and that's why a lot of times you know from a writing standpoint I do just outlines and things like that right it's just testing and iterating an idea in its simplest form working at the speed of thought before you really dive into the nuts and bolts of actually writing a script or a novel or whatever it may be you know things that take up a lot of time, things that can be potentially costly, like let's say, you know, doing a song, right? You want to kind of make these fast and cheap versions and see what works best. And that's what really this is all about. Um, and so in that way, this this has been a overall very fun process. And, you know, as I said, I mean, this the pitch itself won't be for like another month at least. And I can only imagine how many iterations, you know, this goes through. And one might think at a certain point, it's like, all right, just, just sort of lock it in. Maybe you're just kind of tinkering for the sake of tinkering. And and perhaps, you know, there, there does become a point where you have to like just stand by your conviction sort of thing. But it's no different than when I was working with the actors on a Bogota trip. You know, they they would ask me oftentimes, like, when am I going to lock the script? And I said, guys, you want me to continue to change the script up until the final moment because each of those is an opportunity to elevate the material and also to to help you out, right? And a lot of rewrites kept happening because of things that I would see in rehearsals and I was inspired by and, you know and added to, or, you know, if something just wasn't working, um, and most times it wasn't because of the acting, it was just because the writing wasn't true, right? So it, it allowed me to see that firsthand and then fix that, right? And so this is sort of that version of it where, you know, I'm gearing up for this pitch festival, and so it's, you know, how can I make it the best that it can be, right? And 
test out those different versions, right? And on my Patreon page, I've actually been putting up a couple of the drafts up there so, you, so people that, you know, our patrons can see the various iterations and follow the logic and, you know, learn. Because oftentimes, you know, I know, like, when I work with my editor, Emily Kremholtz, uh, this is for writing specifically, um, you know, I learned so much just by her red lines, right? Um, or whenever I work with, for example, John Comerford, and we work on story or actual film editing, uh, you know, I learn a ton based off of his sort of red line notes, right? So this is kind of my version of it. Um, for people to be able to see firsthand the process and benefit from it, right? So, yeah, that's been that. Um, the other sort of switching gears now, as part of the LA Liftoff Film Festival, uh, this weekend they're doing like a networking thing, and so I'm looking forward to that. And they're letting each filmmaker showcase one minute of, of their work. It could be a sizzle reel, it could be a trailer, it could be a highlight reel, it could be anything, right? But it needs to be one minute. So, you know, when thinking about it, I was like, okay, um, I think the best use of my time and what I can put together feasibly is a one minute teaser of a Bogota trip. So taking the trailer that exists, which is about a minute and 47 seconds, and trimming it down to a minute. And, you know, I talked with John Comerford, and we went over things to take out of the trailer. Um, and I have, right now, a rough version. Uh, and I need to kind of get it to fruition uh, pretty quick, you know, bef uh, so that way they, they, they have it and they can have have it loaded, um, and I'm going to be sort of working on that. And again, it's just another example of really deducing something down to its core essence while at the same time having it be interesting enough where it differentiates itself. Um, so that's been fun, right? And also showcases the idea that I'm big on just taking advantage of opportunities that make sense as they come up. So, you know, this is an opportunity to go out, meet new people that are in the film business, and why not let the work speak for itself, right? Oftentimes when you go to these networking events, you don't really necessarily know who's who, and all you have to go off of is just kind of you know, what they say, and it doesn't mean, you know, I'm not saying that because it's not untrue, but the best sort of way is, yeah, just let the work speak for itself, and so, you know, this is an opportunity to do that, and so it's like, why not take that? You know, it's there for the taking, so yeah, grab it, and it's work. It's work that I hadn't allocated time for, but it's like, okay, you know what? The opportunity's here. We'll readjust things and we'll make the time. And so that's, you know, what I'm doing. 
and you know sometimes that's the, that's just life in general is you have to be able to adjust for things as they come up you know both sometimes things that you don't want to do and sometimes things like this where yeah it's exciting so why not lean into it right uh, shifting gears again but tangential to that idea of just you know taking opportunities and you know um, different paths and so forth. I, I started watching the Kanye documentary on Netflix. I'm almost done with like the first part, which is called uh, Vision. And it's really about Kanye's upbringing slash his early start, right? Getting signed um, and going from a producer to an actual artist. And I was in, a, in many ways, I was, I was very inspired by this idea that he just always believed in himself and he knew that he was going for something different. And he, I forget the exact way that he talks about it, but he's t in his studio and he's talking about it. And he's like, I'm not going to be essentially someone that I'm not. I'm not going to make something just for the market. Like I can afford to fail essentially is what he was saying. And I appreciate that because, you know, it's something that I've sort of declared for myself in that way is, you know, I know that there is a market for the stuff that I'm creating and for a lot of stuff that, you know, other people want to create. And yet it doesn't fit the preordained marketing schemes necessarily. And this isn't just for filmmaking. This applies to music. It applies to poetry, painting, you know, you name it, any sort of art. But people get turned off by it because it is harder to market or, you know, they're not used to marketing it or whatever. And so you kind of have to take that on for yourself, but it doesn't mean that, that there aren't people willing to watch it. You know, when, when you combine the idea of what Kevin Kelly talked about with, with 1,000 true fans, and if you're unfamiliar with that, look that up. I've talked about it many times in the past. You can even check out a video of mine called, you know, the, the power of a small fan base. But basically what it comes down to is if you literally all you had was a thousand true fans that like paid a hundred dollars a year, like you'd be set, you'd be set. And the reason I bring that up is that's the name. There's pretty much 8 billion people in the world. You can find, you don't need millions of people to like your stuff. You just need a couple of thousand that will be true fans that will buy, you know, your art and support you and so forth. And if you can do that, you can continue making, you can make some pretty cool stuff. Right. And so that's what this is in many ways about is we just have to roll up our sleeves, you know, be okay with our conviction and just sort of go for it, you know, um, and find that audience. A lot of people, a lot of people waste time selling to people who will not be their audience. And I would, just don't do that, right? Don't do that. It's ineffective. It doesn't work. Find find the people that will be your audience. Use that energy that you've been using to try to convince X, Y, and Z person. Instead, channel that to someone. Who will be your audience?
right? It does work. It does work. You know, one, one thing that I was also thinking about as I continue the festival circuit with my movie, A Bogota Trip, right now, and just this journey of a filmmaker, right? It becomes very easy to compare yourself, and, and that's why I think this is a universal feeling, right? It doesn't apply to filmmaking. It applies to anything. The idea of comparison, right? Of like, okay, this person got into this festival, and why did this movie get picked over mine, or X, Y, and Z, right? And what's been interesting for me to kind of really take a step back is I look at it, and I'm very proud of the movies, you know, I've made two movies thus far. I'm proud of both of them. And, and you know, each shows a progression, like, the second one is exponentially better than the first one. And, the, you know, the first one I'm very proud of. Like, it's a good little gem of a movie that I really, really love and appreciate. It has a, 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 an earnestness to it that a lot of audiences have gravitated towards. But then I've got, like, with a Bogota trip, it just goes for something so grand. You know, I've really challenged myself. And, you know, the people that have seen it really recognize the growth which I'm very proud of. And so I've been able to do that. And not only that, as I've kind of opened up at the start of this, I have a nonfiction book out. I have a novel out. I'm working now on a trilogy, right, for, for, for a movie, while at the same time working on my second novel. And in that way, you know, where... I don't know, like, I've just been able to continue to be prolific, and that's been my driving force, is just the joy of creating this stuff. And, you know, for some, all they get is, like, sort of one feature and so forth, and it does well, but then, you know, it's another, like, 10 years before they ever get to make something. And... I don't know if, like, I, if I had to pick, like, I like the path that I'm on. The fact that, like, there's a constant churn of just creativity happening all the time. That's fun for me. And so, you know, it's, it's not to ultimately say that one path is better than the other. But for me, this is the preferable path. And I love it. In fact, just this past Friday, we had finished the bulk filming of the short film that I've been working on. And it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about that, like, on top of everything else, you know, I managed to, like, write this short film that works and is funny and I know we'll be, we'll be good. Um, and through the midst of this, I've managed to like just piece together. Like it's a lot of little, not vignettes, but it's um, it's a parody, and so and, and it has a lot of actors and a lot of like quick moments. 
And just in the past month or so, I've been able to just slowly film the various sections that I need. Not everything's completely done, but you know, this, this past Friday, I filmed the bulk of it. And so it's like, this is happening, right? Like it's, it, when you just kind of nose to the grindstone and just keep at it, and yeah, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say like there wasn't a frustration every now and then where I didn't think, you know, things were moving fast enough or, you know, and it's not even like an outside thing. It's just more like an internal thing. Like I could be doing more and so forth. I think a lot of us have that sort of feeling. And yet when I sort of look behind me at the path that I've taken, I'm like, wait a minute, like there's a hell of a lot of stuff. And most people don't do that even in a year, let alone like within a few months. I mean, like if you look at this, this, this year, just from a creatively out, output standpoint, I finished up my second feature film. I've written and pretty much shot another short film and will be aiming to be done with it by the end of the year. I've created two really great outlines for uh, feature projects that I want um, and now chosen to go with one of them, which is the trilogy that I hinted at earlier. And so now I'm working towards bringing that to life. I've revised my nonfiction book, right? So that got done. And at the same time, I'm continuing to work on my second novel. And all within this year. And the year's not even done. And I continue to put out these episodes. And on top of that, I have a regular 9 to 5, plus like some side work. Right? To be able to fund all the stuff that I've got. So it's a lot. And, you know, I think a lot of times we don't necessarily give ourselves enough grace. I certainly don't at all the things that we're doing. But we do a lot. And, you know, for me, it's, it's exciting, you know, in that way. And just slowly but surely, just continuing progress little by little. And again, I, you know, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I think there is a general criticism that could be made against me of like, oh, you know, I should focus. Maybe I shouldn't be doing these, these videos. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, be writing nonfiction books um, and so forth, right? You know, speaking of nonfiction book, like I'm also, you know, now finally getting the ball rolling with a ghostwriter on on a how-to filmmaking book based off of, um, you know, chapter dictations that I'd done a while ago after I finished my first film, Love Market, right? And so it's a lot of things, but, but to me, they're fun. And as I said, like, we're our, we, we all have to kind of choose our own path. And, and this is the path that makes sense to me. Like, this is the fun thing. And you know, for me, the joy is in making it, making the projects themselves. And I know I need to become better at the marketing side of it all. But that'll come. 
I know in my heart of hearts that that'll come and I'll find the right people to collaborate with to get the stuff out there. And it's not like the stuff is going anywhere, right? Like the beautiful part is, you know, I can, when that time comes, all, all this, the, the, all boats rise when the, when the sea rises, right? Um, I butchered that phrase, but, uh, but you get the idea. And so that's why for me, just continue, continue like building out my shelf. And if you don't know what that means, like, um, you know, we all have like, like think of like a bookcase, right? And you put books on the bookshelf. And in this sense, you know, my goal is to be able to fill up a bookshelf with my projects, you know, my books, my movies, and all that stuff. And so far, you know, the bookshelf is slowly getting filled. And that's beautiful. I don't even to mention some of the other stuff that I'm proud of that's not my own, right? So, yeah, little by little, we can accomplish a lot. Um, taking a kind of completely different turn. You know, one of the things, uh, like this week in particular, is going to be pretty busy for me. Um, But I'm excited because in terms of why it's busy, it's a lot of meeting with various people and, um, you know, potentially new stuff happening, right? Right. So as I mentioned, there's the LA Liftoff Festival networking events. Um, there's a lot of stuff with the nonprofit that I work with, Financially Fit Foundation, and then just friends in general who've been dying to kind of catch up and you know see ways that we can work together. And you know these are people I'm very close with um, who always give as much as they take, sort of thing. Um, so I know that it's worthwhile, right? This isn't, these aren't people that just want to take, take, take. And in that way, I feel honored, right? And so as busy as this week may be, I'm very grateful that people do want to work with me and people are recognizing the stuff that's out there. And, you know, I make all this stuff so I get these types of opportunities. And so I'm grateful that, that they do come up, right? As I talked about with the putting together the one minute teaser for a Bogota trip, right? It wasn't something that I planned on last week. And so I need to finish it out this week, but, but yeah, it's, you know, like damn right. I'll add it to the plate of things to knock out because it's, it's an awesome opportunity, right? That's why I've been doing all this stuff. So, so I can put myself in those positions. So, very exciting. Very exciting. Um, the, just a random thought I had recently. And I don't know, you know, this mainly applies to storytellers, but the idea of TV shows now out there being like, oh, you know, we'll just watch it. It gets good by the third episode. Or it'll get... You know, it, it picks up by the end of the season. It's just very interesting to me because it does kind of feel like a slap in the face a little bit because I just know, like, 
when I was work like just working on a Bogota trip, for example, it was like, okay, you know, you need to get to it right away. I'm like, get to it right away. Like we're three minutes in, give it like another minute. And we're going to be in, in the crux of like a lot of like, just, can't you just have a little bit of intrigue, right? It's just so interesting to me how just stuff in general gets judged very differently. And, and how like people will have patience with one thing, but not another. And I get part of it's like, you have to earn that respect and so forth. And many times, and I, I would hope that, you know, my, my goal is obviously to, I don't know. I, I think in general, I, I always operate out of the idea that I want to have things move pretty fast. And, uh, I don't know, with an eye for the audience, right? I want to be mindful of them always and not waste their time and in writing have maximum impact with the shortest amount of time, right? That sort of thing. And a lot of care and effort goes into that. And so, like, that certainly, I think, you know, has always been and I think will be a guiding principle for me but I also think there's an idea of like having some confidence in the work to like, okay, you know, letting a certain scene breathe here and there. And I think it's, as I talk about it and looking back on it, it's something that you have to kind of find and, you know, certainly, you know, get feedback on, but also know in your heart of hearts of like, okay, what makes sense and what doesn't, right? And for example, with like a Bogota trip, you know, we kept trimming down the beginning because the crux of the movie was when the two sets of American tourists bump into each other and kind of are off on their collective adventure. And so the idea, like, that was the stuff that we wanted to get to. So how can we get to it um, in a way that doesn't feel rushed, gets the things that gets the setups that we need to across and so forth. Um, and I think we did effectively. And then there's stuff that later on um, that, that as part of the early drafts, people said, oh, trim this, trim this. And I was like, you know what? Because the restructuring didn't make sense, you know? And it was allowed to breathe because everything else was compressed in the place that it needed to be. You know, filmmaking to me and storytelling and just, I don't know, art in general, right? There has to be a flow, ebbs and flows, you know? Um, you can't have everything just one note within the piece, you know? Like, you don't look at a photograph and have it be, you know, just one sort of uh, shade, right? You, you have light spots, dark spots, um, and so forth, Right? And how you play with that and, you know, which corner is darker than the other. Whatever, right? It, just that idea that there's energy to it, right? I, I don't know how else to describe it, but um, it is interesting to me how, I don't know, some people are kind of afforded that a little bit more than others. You know, as with like modern TV shows of like, oh, keep watching until the third episode gets good there. 
Um, but in general, I don't know if that's a good thing, right? I don't know if we should be like striving for that just because you're allowed that leniency. I don't think you should necessarily take it. That's why I talk about for me, I don't want to get away from that, even if I was allowed that. I don't know. So, yeah, very, very interesting to, to me at least. Um, the other sort of big milestone that uh, I just want to kind of give myself a round of applause is I finished the captions for a Bogota trip. Right, so I'm in the process of sending deliverables to a distributor, and yeah, the captions themselves are done. Very exciting because a lot of time and effort went into it. You know, in fact, I, I saw recently an article about this. Um, I forget their title, but basically, someone who works at Netflix, and um, you know, they're deaf, and so growing up, they had to read subtitles. And it made them realize how crappy subtitles can be. And that was something I didn't want with mine. I didn't want just, okay, cool, got to get the subtitles done. You know, do it, boom, done. Um, what's, the, what's the minimum requirement, right? Like, I didn't want that. I wanted, listen, I don't know how many people will ultimately watch my movie. I don't know how many people will turn on the subtitles. But if there's that one person that needs the subtitles truly to be able to watch and enjoy the movie, then I want that for them. I want, you know, like, it was so painstaking of a process to figure out the right adjectives to describe music cues and make sure that every sound effect that, you know, was part of the story in a significant way was denoted. And, you know, just the flow of information, timing-wise and, placement of, you know, text, like if, if you know, if a, a line of captioning was too much for one line, you, you break it up, but where do you break it up, right? A lot of thought went into it. And a lot of time. And I, I think every filmmaker should really go through that process. Um, I don't know, it, it was just, it was just very interesting to go through that process you just look at it in a different perspective, number one. Number two, you appreciate it. You appreciate things a lot more, right? Like the next time you watch subtitles, you're damn right. You're going to be much more appreciative of whoever put that together so you can read those subtitles. You know, because, I mean, there's plenty of foreign movies that I watch, um, that I enjoy, and a lot of care went into making sure the translations were correct. And there's often, there, there's many movies that I see that even have captioning as part of it, right? Like someone within the movie is speaking a foreign language, and they put the subtitles there for you. And there's sometimes where I'm just baffled by how small those captions can be, the placement of them, the the shading of them, right? Like if it's white text against like a very bright background, I'm like, what were you thinking, right? And so for me, I didn't want to overlook any of those aspects. So, yeah, um, just, it gave me a newfound appreciation for all that stuff. 
Um, and yeah, we're finalizing the 5.1 mix for that. So, but overall, I'm pretty much done with the deliverables that I need to like really micromanage and do myself, right? Um, so um, that's exciting and then allow me time for the new projects that I've been hinting. Anyway, that's kind of long and short of everything, perhaps longer than shorter, but, uh, but yeah, I hope this was a fun insight into what I've been up to, my thought process, and that you learned something. Right? As always, you can ask questions. Get me to clarify anything, expand upon it, anything, and just talk about something that I didn't talk about, right? So share those down below or any thoughts that you might have, you know? I'm sure you do. Share those down below in the comments section or hit me up on social media at Phil Speedtech. I truly appreciate uh, you taking time to listen. And I'll see you next time.